0: Ant-Man and the Wasp just uh, released by Marvel Studios this weekend. It's the next big, hopefully, blockbuster for them. Uh, But unless you're like an avid comic book fan, you've probably never heard of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, We are used to bigger flagship characters. We got a few pictures of them today. Somebody like Captain America or the Black Panther or the Hulk, who's pictured here with Thor. Uh, or even coming out next year, uh, there's going to be Captain Marvel. This is supposed to be the strongest, most powerful figure in the Marvel universe. And hey, it's a lady, so girl power, go for that, ladies. That is awesome. Uh, And uh, we also have big, powerful supervillains in the movie Avengers uh, Infinity War this this past year. It's out earlier this year. Uh, Thanos, this big purple Titan uh, whose goal is to collect the Infinity Stones from around the universe that are very powerful and put them into this big glove called the infinity gauntlet. And it took him lots of work and effort to assemble these. And once he did, it kind of gives him godlike power to do whatever it is that he wants. And so we have all of these amazing superheroes, this big super villain with the infinity gauntlet that can do anything. Uh, and then we have Ant-Man and the Wasp. Now getting back to Thanos though, uh, I could have saved him some trouble by going all over the universe to find those stones. You can actually get one of these things on eBay. And so uh, the infinity gauntlet, I could have saved Thanos a lot of trouble. See, I got all these infinity stones here. And so evidently with these, once you have them all assembled, you can do whatever it is that you want. And so they said on eBay that this was actually the real infinity gauntlet. And so I had a lot of faith in purchasing that on eBay this past week. And so I want to test that out today and just see if it really works Uh, and makes me all powerful. So, uh, you know, one of the things I would wish for today is that everyone is having a good time worshiping. God today, if you are, would you just make some noise this morning and give God some praise and say, hey, it looks like it's working. And uh, did you enjoy the weather this weekend, the cooler weather yesterday and today? Yes, you're welcome. that That's me. I uh, did that with this glove. And so, uh, you know, anything I can do to, to make you happy. So now I've got one final test just to make sure this is a, a hard test for some of us. And so what I'd like you to do in just a second is to stand up uh, and, and devote your lifelong allegiance and cheers to Duke University. Let's let's hear that right now. Oh man, maybe I wasted 15 bucks on the internet. Uh, It doesn't seem to be working anymore. So uh, the Infinity Gauntlet might not be everything that you thought it would be. But Ant-Man and the Wasp. I'm I'm guessing when the the actor and the actress that that get to play Ant-Man and the Wasp got a phone call from, from Marvel Studios to say, hey, we'd love for you to be in the next superhero movie. I'm sure they're thinking, you know, dollar signs because it's a multi-billion dollar industry. All these Marvel movies make millions, if not billions of dollars. And so uh, instant celebrity for whoever plays these superheroes. And I'm guessing, you know, the character's like, yeah, I'd love to be in a Marvel superhero movie. You know, what what what's available? You know, can I be Spider-Man? Is it, uh, you know, is it the Captain Marvel, you know, the powerful woman in that movie coming out next year? You know, what do you have for? Me. Well, you know, actually those are all taken. We'd like for you to be Ant-Man and the Wasp. You know, what? Right? right. You want me to be a bug superhero? You know, what am I going to do? Bite somebody's ankle or sting somebody with my stinger? I mean, you know, how can I bring fear into supervillains when all they have to do is get out a fly swatter and whack, they got me, right? why why didn't you call me to be Iron Man, or why didn't you call me to be be Hulk? And I'm guessing at some level, you know, Ant-Man and the Wasp or the actor and actress who play them might feel a little bit downplayed and maybe even a little bit insignificant when they compare themselves to some of these other vast, popular, strong, well-known superheroes uh, like Captain Marvel and Captain America and the Hulk. And so, just wondering if you and I could maybe identify with maybe Ant-Man and Wasp, that that in a a, a world that honors the Hulk, sometimes we feel like we are Ant-Man and Wasp, that we don't measure up. Have you ever felt like that? Have you, have you ever felt insignificant when, when you see other people that you work with or go to school with or play sports with or are involved in music or dance or drama or the arts? And, you know, we're, we're doing OK, but we look around and we see other people who are absolutely crushing it and we just, you know, we get envious and jealous, and and we just sometimes feel as small as little tiny Ant-Man and little tiny Wasp when they're compared to some of these other, you know, Titan, huge kind of popular superheroes. A few years ago, when we first started the Dream Big South Park project here in our church to rebuild our campus across the street from the mall to rebuild that into a mixed-use development, and you know, to be the, the a literal crossroads of the South Park community, it was a very exciting time, and it still is as things are underway with that. And uh, one of the first things that we did was we interviewed a development firms around the city and around the Southeast to see who it was that we felt led that God was putting us together with the partner to, to do this because we can't do it without them. They can't do it without us. And, and so we began to, to interview these firms. And so uh, it was kind of an exciting time because the, these firms are, are big time. They would come in and they would court us and they'd you know, give us their best pitch and they have all these big presentations and, and they'd come in and they'd show us, you know, we built this skyscraper and we'd built you know, this mall, we built all this kind of stuff. And and that was really pretty neat. And so pretty soon uh, I was beginning to be able to drive through Charlotte or walk through Charlotte and say, you know, hey, that so-and-so built that building and -and so-and-so built that building. And I got a chance to meet with them. This is really kind of neat and cool. And I remember um, one, one time Laura and I, my wife Laura and I were in Uptown Charlotte and it was our anniversary weekend. And I surprised her by taking her uptown and we went to see a play at the Blumenthal and it was just a really fun time for us. And so we got there early. And so we were walking around the city and I was kind of like showing off me and cocky. Hey, I know who built this building. And hey, I met with them the other day. And, you know, that was kind of fun. But, but then, you know, all of a sudden when I was doing that, and I was looking at the buildings and all that they'd done. I began to feel very small. And, and not only the fact that, you know, I'm just a small human looking at this huge multi-million-dollar skyscraper and just thinking, you know what? These men and women have really made a difference in our community, that they've built something tangible that's going to be here for years and years and years. And it's multimillion dollars and they're well known for that. And when they are dead and gone, the buildings will still be here. And so they have this great legacy that they've created. And, and I begin to, to compare myself to that. I'm like, what have I done with my life? I haven't left any some, you know, major building or multi-million dollar project or lasting legacy. I, you know, I'm not a pastor of a mega church. And, man it was supposed to be one of the greatest times of the year for me. It just, I just felt so small and insignificant. And like my anniversary was like being ruined. Have you ever felt like that? Again, when we compare ourselves to people that we work with or in our families or on sports teams or, you know, with drama or artistic abilities or musical abilities and, and, and you know, they're doing great and we just don't measure up. We're Ant-Man and wasps living in a Hulk world. We've ever felt like that at all, at all, insignificant, smaller than, than other people that, that are in our lives then I'm glad you're here today because God has good news for us. God has good news for all of us, and we're going to read some about that in Scripture. And I hope when you leave today you'll feel more confident in who you are and who God created you to be and how God has gifted you to do wonderful things in the world. And we're going to look at a passage from Jesus in the New Testament. Uh, And when we first read it, it might make us actually feel worse about ourselves before we feel better. So I just want you to hang in there. We're going to be in the first book of the Bible uh, of the New Testament. It's called Matthew. It's a gospel. Gospel means the good news of Jesus Christ. It talks about the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And Matthew was one of main disciples. And so he was an eyewitness. And so he's going to tell us a a story that Jesus told called a parable. And Jesus often told these stories and he, he was talking in everyday language about things that are bigger than life. Usually it's about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Today's story is about the kingdom of God. And Jesus is talking about the roles of those of us who follow Christ. Part of what we're supposed to do is to help Jesus bring the kingdom of God into the earth right now. We know that, you know, the kingdom of heaven is fully perfect and complete. And when Jesus comes back one day, he's going to bring the full kingdom of God back to earth with him. But right now, we're kind of like half in earth, half in heaven. So there's, there's brokenness in our world. But also once Jesus came to the earth, he, he brought the kingdom of God with him and he's left it here. And so part of our role as followers of Jesus is to help build up the kingdom Kind of like in the Lord's Prayer that Jesus taught us how to pray, there's a phrase in there that I love so much. It says, God, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so what Jesus is doing is he's trying to teach his disciples. He's trying to teach us, knowing that we would read this later. He's trying to teach us what the kingdom of heaven is like. And how we are part of that and how we have been gifted to advance the kingdom of heaven on the earth. So, having said all that, let's dive into the Bible and see what Jesus teaches us in this story. Uh, We're going to be in Matthew chapter 25 beginning with verse 14. This is called the parable or the story of the bags of gold. Again, the kingdom of heaven will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold. The actual original translation of this says that he gave the man five talents. A talent was a measure of money, kind of like a dollar or a quarter a talent. okay? So a talent is equal to a bag of gold. It's a lot of money. So he gave to this one person five bags of gold or five talents, if you will. He gave to another two bags and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. Now, this is the part that I'm saying might not make us feel better about ourselves. Because sometimes we feel like we're the person who got the one bag, right? Man, I got one bag. That's great. But why did they get two bags? Or why did they get five bags? That just isn't fair. Or maybe we're the person with the two bags and saying, well, I got more than the one, but I didn't get the five. I'd like to have the five. And some of us might feel like we're the five bag people saying, yeah, you should be more like me, each according to their own ability, right? So when we read about this and we read about God, we, we do have to acknowledge that sometimes God just isn't fair and that he gives us each things differently according to the abilities that we have to take care of them. And thank goodness God isn't fair because God offers us mercy when we don't deserve it. Uh, But in this case, maybe think about, are you a one kind of bad kind of person, a two kind of bad kind of person, a five kind of bad kind of person? Where, Where do we fit into this story? So the man does this, he gives it to him, he goes on the journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gave five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the one who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. So maybe the guy wasn't as dumb as as we think he is. The one who had five multiplied that into five. The one who had two multiplied it into two. They had the gifts and abilities. And the one who ended up with one bag was kind of scared, dug a hole in the ground and put it in and did not earn any money. Now, he didn't lose any money, but he didn't earn any money. Long time goes by. The master comes back and he comes to his servants and he greets them and he asks them what's going on. Uh, And so the one with five said, hey, you know what? I took the five bags you gave me. I made five more. Here are 10 bags, right? The the one with two says, hey, I had two. I made two more. I got four bags. Then the one says, you know, hey, you know, I I, I know that that you're a a tough man, a hard guy. And so I I hid mine in the ground. I dug it up and, and here it is. And so this is how the man replies. First of all, he says to the one's, with the five and the two bags that doubled their money, this is what he says. Well done, good and faithful servants. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. I trusted you with this. You took it, you used it, and you used it well. So now I know I can trust you with even more. And then he turns to the, to the guy who only had the one bag, who dug it in, in the hole, brings it back, hadn't lost any money, but he hadn't made any money, hadn't used the money to help his master out any. He says, look, the least you could have done was, was lend it to somebody, get some interest off of it, and, and you could have used it to, to advance it at least that much, but you didn't do that. And because you didn't do that, I'm going to take it from you and I'm going to give it to the one who now has 10 bags, now has 11 bags. All right, and so there, there's a tendency here, obviously, to feel a little bit sorry for the person who had the one bag of gold. So now this is a story about everyday life, but it's also a story about the kingdom of God. It's a story about the kingdom of heaven. So what do you think Jesus is trying to teach us about the kingdom of heaven? This is what I think. And, and you just think about it with me and, and see if, if it sounds right to you. I think what's going on here is God is, is, the, is the man with the money and we are the various servants and we have various gifts and abilities and so God gives each of us according to our abilities. So, so God gives some of us abilities and talents to be able to, to have five. Some of us have two, some of us have one. And what God says is, I want you to take what I've given you and use it for me to advance the kingdom of God. And if I see that I can trust you with a little bit and you use this to bring me glory, you use this to worship me, then I will add to what you have. But if you take what you have and you're scared to use it or you use it in selfish ways, then I'm afraid I'm going to have to take that from you. And so I kind of see it as, you know, if we've been given the gift to sing, then we need to sing to God's glory like Dakota and the guys are doing up here and they're they're playing for God's glory. If we've been given a gift to teach, then we need to be the best teacher that we can and and teach for the glory of God. If we're good at business, if God has given us a good business mind, then we should run a moral business and be the best business person we can and use our resources to to fund God's ministries in the world. We should be great employers to our employees. We should love them like Jesus loves us, right? So whatever God has given us the ability to do, We need to use that to advance the kingdom of God. Sometimes it's through South Park Church and sometimes it's through where we are in everyday life, at work or at school or on the ball field or or wherever. God has given us all unique abilities and wants us to use them to advance the kingdom of God. When we do that, he will give us more responsibility and more opportunities and more connections and more talent and ability. And when we don't, we run the risk Of losing what God has given us. Now, getting to the guy who had the one talent, we can't feel too sorry for him. Do you know how much a talent was worth? A talent, one talent was worth 20 years worth of wages. 20 years worth of wages. So when God just gave him one talent, that's like taking half of your entire life's earnings and saying, I trust you with that. With God, there's no small gift. With God, there's no small ability. Right? We might look and see that others have more or whatever, but what God gives us is sufficient and can do great things for the kingdom. Another thing that we learn from the the one, the guy with the one talent, is he didn't understand who his master was. He thought he was a mean, cruel master, but the others realized that the master was a generous, trusting person, and so. How do we view God? Is God the mean, angry parent in the sky who's ready just to punish us? Or is is God the God who created us and loved us so much that he died for us on a cross and came back to life and is generous and gives us everything that we have? So there there are a lot of lessons in here. But especially, all of us have been given great gifts and abilities to, to find joy in the world, to make this world a better place, and to advance the kingdom of God. With God, there, there, there's no small gift, there's no small ability. I want to read to you another passage, uh, some wisdom from Jesus. This time, we're going to be in a, a different gospel. We're going to be in Luke's gospel, and he's going to talk about a mustard seed. It's, it's, it's like uh, the size of just a little dot that would be on your finger. Uh, and this is what, God, what Jesus says about a mustard seed. Jesus replies, If you have faith, As small as a mustard seed, you can say to this big tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Elsewhere, Jesus says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to a mountain, go jump in the ocean, and the mountain will go jump in the ocean. Right? So so with God, there's no small gift. right? Even the, the, the smallest faith and the smallest ability can do powerful things for God. We've got a picture of a mustard seed here, and we've got a picture of how small that is. And, and the tree that it, a mustard seed becomes is huge. It's absolutely huge. And this is what Jesus says later in Mark's gospel, chapter 4. Again, he said, What shall we say that the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. Yet when it's planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. Right, so God's saying, if you have the smallest amount of faith, you have the smallest ability, you put those together, and I can do great things through you. If you have a small amount of faith, you have a small little gift or ability and you use it for me, I can do great things through you. So, getting back to our Ant Man illustration, our Ant Man a- example. So, Ant Man is this little small, little buggy kind of guy who fights crime. Uh, I want to show you what, what, what smallness can do. In one of the Marvel movies, some of the heroes get into like this fight. It's called the Civil War. And so, half the heroes on one side, half the heroes on the other side, and they have this big battle. And so, Ant Man, the smallest of all superheroes, is going to take on one of the, the biggest, strongest, most popular flagship characters in the Marvel Universe, Iron Man. And just see how effective this small little buggy guy can be. Check this out. So little bitty Ant-Man is able to help take out Iron Man. He's like the leader of all the superheroes. And so again, it shows with small things, God can do great things. So I was in uptown Charlotte with my wife on my anniversary, feeling down about myself, just feeling so small and insignificant to all these skyscrapers and the men and women that built them. And Laura's like, you know, what's going on? This is our anniversary. You're supposed to be happy and excited. You know, you're kind of down. What's, what's going on? So I told her and she's like, you know, honey, I can understand how you feel that way. Absolutely. That, that makes a lot of sense. But she's like, you know, we're not building a building. That's, that's not why we're doing what we're doing on the property. You know, we're building the kingdom of God. God has called us into ministry, and we're part of a, a very special church that has a great vision and a great mission—a very faithful church. And and we feed hungry people, and we've rescued hundreds of women from slavery in our own city through human trafficking. And you know, we're getting now we're getting ready to you know build wells in Haiti that that are going to you know give clean water to entire communities. And even more important than that, we're teaching people to how to have life that is rich in Jesus Christ, and that people who've carried around years and sometimes. That lifetime worth of guilt and shame can surrender that to God and receive forgiveness from Jesus by what he did on the cross and then and and be forgiven and find joy and peace and find purpose in life and and live life to the full now and prepare to live life eternally Uh, right that's what we're building Kyle it's the kingdom of God and and it's a powerful thing to be a part of and it's an awesome church and and she was absolutely right and, and it's just humbling that God calls all of us to be a part of this, this, this mission, this vision that it's bigger than any skyscraper. It's bigger than, than anything a human can create because it's about God restoring relationship between God and us. And, and there's no greater calling about living life to the full in Jesus and, and helping people have their lives transformed. And so it's, it's, it's powerful stuff from Scripture, folks. You know, and, and you know, so what? So so, what does this mean for you? What does this mean for me? What is what's the point? What's 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 the Bible trying to teach us? What's the bottom line, big kind of idea that Jesus would have us walk away with today? You know, I, I think it, it comes down to this, right? With God, good things come in all packages, okay. With God, good things come in all packages, right? Ant-Man and Wasp-sized packages and Hulk-sized packages. With God, good things come in all packages. Will you say that with me? With God, good things come in all packages, right? So whether you're Ant-Man or Wasp, or whether you're Captain America or Hulk, or, or whether you can sing and play an instrument in, in an awesome way, or, or whether you can, you know, set up a light or sweep up after worship, right? Whatever God has gifted us to do, it is not small. And with, with a small amount of faith in whatever God has given us, we can usher in the kingdom of God and transform our communities. And so, you know, now what? So what do we do? I, in response to this, that that all of us have packages from God that, that are not small. Some might be five talents, some might be one talent, some might be two talents, but they are all significant gifts to us from God. Now what do we do? I think the first thing we do is we don't play the comparison game. We don't say, God, I just got one. Why didn't I get two? I just got two. Why didn't I get five? I'm guessing some of us have five talents. We're like, this is too much responsibility. Why can't I just have one thing to worry about? Right? I guarantee you on all sides of this, we're wishing that we had what everybody else had. And God says, no, I've given you what you need exactly, and you can advance my kingdom in this place. And so what I would challenge all of us to do this week is to go home, pray, and sit down at some point this week and actually write down what are our gifts and our talents and abilities. Write it down. What am I good at? Right. What, what, what natural gifts has God given me? What, what am I able to do? What, what relationships do I have? What circumstances has God placed me in? What, what neighborhood, what, what job, who do I influence? And, and write down that list. And some of these are natural talents. And some of these are spiritual gifts that God gives us as believers. You can find those in 1 uh, in, uh, Corinthians chapter 12 and Romans chapter 12. You want to write those chapters down and go home and look those up. But, but to go home and sit down and say, this is what I'm good at. And then to ask yourself the question, how am I using what God has given me to, to love and support Jesus? To advance the gospel for God, right? And you might do two subcategories. This is how I'm serving God at South Park Church, uh, and this is how I'm serving God in my everyday life, at work and at school and in sports and in the arts, because God needs us in both places, through the ministries of the church and through our own everyday lives. So if you've been given the gift of song, how are you singing to give God glory? If you've been given the gift to teach, how are you teaching for God's glory? If you have the gift of business, how are you using that gift to bring God glory? If, if, if you have the greatest smile in the world and are the best hugger in the world, who are you hugging and who are you smiling to to bring God glory, right? With God, uh, there is no small gift. All gifts are great. With God, right? It, it's all good. They come, they come in, in all sizes, all packages. Good things come in all all sizes. And so just invite you to think and and pray about that. I had lunch this week with a a good friend of mine who uh, has three grown children. He and his wife have three grown children. They're all in their 20s, ranging from early 20s to late 20s. Uh, And he was just a proud dad. And and we share stories with each other about our children. and, And he said, you know, recently he's had outside affirmation about each of his children that just, that warmed him and his wife's heart about you know, thank you God that we were able to raise these three wonderful, these three wonderful children, they're all God-fearing people. They go to church. They contribute with their time and their money to their churches, and just doing great things. But he heard three specific things about his children in the past, you know, a uh, little while, and so he shared that with me. And I want to share it with you because I think it kind of shows that different talents, different abilities, how God works through all of us. So the oldest child is a son. And uh, he is a, a, a talent scout for the NFL National Football League for the New England Patriots. And he uh, has a national uh, title, and he's responsible for nationwide recruiting, scouting, so that when they draft people, they draft the right people to help them win games and Super Bowls. He's the youngest NFL scout uh, in his job ever, and so in the past couple of years, uh, he's helped find talent uh, that gets developed uh, to where they won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. He's in his late 20s, and he has a Super Bowl ring, and he's making good money. He lives in a nice house. He flies all over the country doing all these things. And uh, my friend got to go to the Super Bowl that the Patriots won a couple of years ago, and uh, he was on the field celebrating with them afterwards with his son. You know, just the pinnacle of his young career. And uh, before that, he was meeting with all kinds of people in the Patriots organization, and they would come up to him and say, "You're you're you're so and so's father. Wow! I just we want to tell you how great your son is, and how kind he is, and what a hard worker he is, and how forgiving and 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 merciful he is, and just you know all the accolades that they were talking about my friend's son were we're Christ-like. And it wasn't the corporate kind of stuff it was just his character and he's great at what he does but they were they were singing his praises because of his Christ-like character and can you imagine that in, in the cutthroat world of the NFL and the corporate nature of we got to make millions and billions of dollars that this young man was standing out because he was a Christ-like employee in this organization and, and, and my friend just beamed that his son was using his skills not only to help with football all, but to share the love of Jesus Christ in this competitive, cutthroat, corporate sports kind of environment, right? That's, that's just incredible. So, youngest child is a daughter she's in her early 20s and she's like 23 years old uh she's very successful last year she made over a hundred thousand dollars in her job right imagine making a hundred thousand dollars in your job at 20 some years old and she's just a humble person she you know she gives a lot to her church she serves a lot of her time with her church and uh one of her friends is away working out of town at another job and and she has a, a younger sister who's a special needs young lady and so my friend's daughter every other week goes over to the house where her her friend's sister lives, uh, takes her out to the movies, has makeup parties with her, just spends one-on-one time with her, doesn't do it for the attention. She didn't even want her dad to know, but but the parent told him. And again, this uh, multi-exciting, successful young lady is using her talents one-on-one just to share the love of Jesus Christ, advancing the kingdom of God. Then there's the middle child, Uh, who works for the state of North Carolina and doesn't make a lot of money. And what he does is he goes around the lakes and rivers and he makes sure uh, to measure the water to make sure they're not being polluted. He's on a boat most of the time in the day, which he loves. Uh, but again, he's not making a lot of money. He's not winning a lot of Super Bowls. He's not making six figures and he's the middle child, right? It's hard to be that Brady Bunch fans, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. And so he's, uh, he, he's in this position, but he loves what he's doing. So my friend went to visit him in his apartment the other day, and it's not a very nice apartment because he can't afford a nice apartment. And there's some kind of sketchy characters who live in the apartment building. And, uh, one of the sketchy characters came up to my friend and, and my friend thought he's going to ask him for money. He's trying to figure out what he's going to say and that, and that kind of stuff. And, uh, and then he, he later apologized to me for having that thought. But anyway, just a good guy. And the guy comes up and says, is that your son? He's like, yeah, that's my son. He's like, um, you probably don't know this about your son, but you know, I don't have any form of transportation and I don't have any family here. And uh, your son every week takes me to the grocery store and he doesn't ask me for any money to do that. And he's always talking to me and he treats me like you know a, a great human being and he's talking about God and how God works in his life. And I just want you to know, that that, that's the caliber of son that you have. And and so he's not winning the Super Bowls. He's not making $100,000. But all three of these children, these grown children, are are living the story of God. They've all been given one talent and two talent and five talents, and they're using it to advance the kingdom of God. And so if you're here today and you feel like Ant-Man and Wasp and you're living in a Hulk world, that's Okay. If you're here today and you're the Hulk, it, 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 that's okay too, because right, God uses all of us. Right? God used Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. These were rich and powerful, and influential men. And God used people like the, the woman who only had two pennies to her name, and she threw those pennies into the church treasury, and Jesus said she's given more than all the people who pour in thousands of dollars. God used a woman named Rahab who was a prostitute. Right? And so with God, good things come in all all packages. We've all been given gifts to advance the kingdom of God. Are we using those gifts to advance the kingdom of God? Like my friends, three children are using them in everyday life in different ways, making a difference for the kingdom of God. And what if we all started living life like that? Rather than saying, wow, I got one talent, I wish I had two. Or I have two talents, I wish I had five. Or I have five talents, I don't want to be in the limelight, I wish I had one. What if we all use what God has given us, and we're not jealous, we're not envious, and we just use what God's given us, and we make this world a better place. I think we'd all be a lot happier. This world would be a much better place. uh, and, And we would all be superheroes, right? So, what gifts has God given you? What abilities have God given you? How are you using them to advance the kingdom of God? With God, there are no small gifts, right? With God, good things come in all packages, including your package. What are you using your package, your gifts for, to advance the kingdom of Jesus? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.